Welcome to the Tillman Explained Podcast. I'm Neil Tillman, and I'm not wearing any shoes. This week, I talk with Chad and Nick about the presidential election. Ejaculation, as I like to call it. It's time to show your colors. Red or blue, Republican or Democrat, it just don't matter. Time to make your vote like the Mad Hatter. Not enough time to get the Teddy this week. Really dropped the ball on that one. Much like two Chargers did in the last seconds of the game. Damn, I missed that Teddy rant. Anyways, Chargers drop another heartbreaker. Just ripped out. This time, a touchdown in the last second of the game. Only to be reviewed with the claim it hit the ground, bouncing around. Justin Herbert, rocket launcher. Guy looks amazing. How was he one in six? He's one in six. All six losses are by a score. He could easily be seven and oh. Unreal. Well, really missed out on that Teddy rant. Enjoy the show. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. You learned the importance of voting? I learned that I'd better get used to having to pick between a douche and a turd sandwich because it's usually the choice I'll have. He's going to vote! So I guess you guys should vote, you know, because uh, voting kicks ass, right? You have to vote for one of us. This is a two-party system. Well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. Go ahead. Throw your vote away. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. President. I don't dance. How are you doing, Chad? I'm good. It's been interesting for the last couple days. How's the home? Oh, they're good. I had to try to explain exactly why it is that we don't immediately know, you know, who is president the day of the election, which is fun. Yeah, in 2000, that one was like, oh, it was it was decided like that following Friday? Nope. No, it went for like a couple of weeks. Was Olga in America during those uh, elections? Yeah, she was in America. That one? Yeah, so she got to experience that as, as you know, firsthand. And they're like, oh, we will, you know, now when they're looking back at it, like even Al Gore shows up, he's like, yes, well, things are different, completely different from like the election of 2000. And they're like, seriously, if it happened in, uh, you know, one state and you just had to do recounts and then you're like, I don't like the results. Let's do another recount and then another recount and then another recount. And so eventually they were like, you know what? We got to have a decision before December 12th. They are supposed to ratify this stuff. So that's why I went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court had to decide this. I mean, this time it's different specifically because how about we send, you know, we mail out ballots to everybody. And right. It's going to be the greatest thing because then this entire disenfranchisement for ballot and for voting is not there. They were saying this before. You can't vote in person. COVID, too dangerous. Everybody, yeah. please mail in your ballots. And they're prepping everyone before. Mail in your ballot. It's too dangerous to go in and, and vote in person. No voting in person. And so right. months, months leading up, it was saying, mail-in ballots will be huge. Yeah, they're priming the pump on that. They're trying to make it out as like, everybody's like, oh no, you've got to mail in your ballot. Is there going to be a cutoff? As, as fantastic as they say the United States Parcel Service is, it takes a week before mail may show up. If Amazon was the one that was routing out the entire, you know, doing the ballots bit, right? Of course, everybody would say like, Jeff Bezos rigged the election. But if it was, if uh, Amazon was doing it, We've got ballot prime. So they're going to get you there within like a day. If if there's ballot prime through Amazon, then we would get our, then the ballots would arrive within a day. And then of course you would say, Hey, you know what? 
let's cut off uh, mail-in ballots for, you know, prior to that, because we want to be able to, you know, be able to vote to, to count all ballots coming through. We need, you know, so they would say, when is exactly is the proper time for cutoff for this? Because if you want to have results the very day of the election, you got to cut off the whole mail-in ballot bit going through. And then everybody's like, oh, well, this is complete disenfranchisement for uh, absentee ballots. Because like military, you guys are anti-military. It's like military. Yeah, we know when we're overseas or whatever, or like outside of our actual, our resident state, we are not going, you know, we know that our ballots are like, hey, we know we're submitting it as a, hey, this is, we're pretend voting. It doesn't matter unless we actually get to the point where they have to do a recount. Then all of a sudden our ballots matter. Nobody pays attention to our ballots before then. December 12th comes around when they actually have to, you know, they have to submit the election results and they, they've already counted off the ballots and everything kind of gets ramped up a little bit or whatever. You know, if you're sending off by mail, you got a lot of problems they're going to be dealing with this. The other issue that comes up is, is regarding fraud. The Republicans were already bringing up beforehand. You have a couple things. Like you could say, this is how many ballots we actually printed out that were, set, that were actually sent out by mail for mail-in ballots and you already have a number lined up and you say from this entire number this is how many ballots were returned from the mail-in ballot and then so then you can say okay we're conjecting like how many possible votes you have you can submit these mail-in ballots by soon so day you can also try you know since it's usps wouldn't you be and you're submitting it through an actual the uh the envelope wouldn't you be able to track that in the mail system all right i gotta bring up one more funny thing because yeah. this whole this whole mailing thing has been going on since the early election in like March or April. I remember Wisconsin, people were saying, Trump is trying to kill people in Wisconsin. He told them to go vote. As if yeah. by telling people to go vote in Wisconsin, that is going to lead to mass amounts of deaths. This, of course, ha was prior to Kenosha, where Kenosha, 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 no Kenosha. Of course, this was prior to Kenosha. This was like way back in March, April-ish, May-ish, maybe? I remember at that time, he's tweeting out people in Wisconsin go out and vote. And so all that mail-in stuff has been going on for months. We knew there was already going to be a lot of mail-in votes, which is not a big issue. And we got our ballots in early October, and Melanie sent hers out in early October, which you would assume by then it's got to be reaching there in time. Who yeah. are these procrastinators that wait until Saturday or something and say, oh, shit, I got to mail my ballot. By that time, drop it in. I just I just went to the balloting place and I gave it to the ballot people. It's just mm -hmm. like I, I filled it out right there. Yeah, it isn't. And they are, you know, at the at the balloting place, they are, they're just accepting the stuff. The other Nicholas, one Nicholas, what's happening? There you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got a mail-in ballot, I don't know, sometime early October or before that September. Uh, we never did anything with it, kept in the envelope, never even opened the envelope. And then uh, my wife, Apple, got to vote for her first election. And so we voted in person. We surrendered our ballot. And they told surrendered. us before that, they said they're going to cut it up in front of us. I'm like, okay, good. And so we give it to them, sign it over that we gave it to them. They just wrote on the envelope, never opened it or anything, didn't cut it up, just wrote on the envelope. So as far as I know, that envelope, that envelope has surrender on it, but I don't know what the ballot says. It's all about the envelope. It doesn't matter about ballot. As long as it says surrender on the envelope, obviously it makes that ballot not capable of being counted. These guys must be extremely honest, and I don't think it's in them at all to go and open up the envelope and pull out the ballot because and they, it says surrender and, on the envelope. And I heard you're not supposed to use Sharpie, and sure enough, they only gave a Sharpie. Yeah, Ooh. but that's 
They, that turned out to be crap. Because all it is, is the other thing I'm, is that I'm just saying they said don't yeah. use Sharpie because she can smear it away, and if it's smudged at all, then they don't count it. And right. all I saw was Sharpie. We didn't have any pens to choose from. It was just Sharpie. The, um, the other bit is like if they're doing the whole scanning thing, take your ballot and you dump it through a scanner, and they don't have like some dude with an abacus out there doing, you know, okay, this one is going to this one's going to Biden, mm -hmm. this going to Trump. Okay, we got to slip it over the side. We're counting it by our fingers. No, well, yeah, maybe it was they. You put it through a slot in the box, and that's it. That's yeah, you how put they it in the box, and then it gets collected. And then what happens is when it goes off to be counted, they throw it through a machine, and the machine goes and processes the whole thing. And if the machine says, "Hey, wait, we got a problem here," then you know, then whatever they pull out, they at least they got a physical thing they can look over to see what's going off with this ballot, and then the whole process goes through. Now, well, it's, it's like those electronic ballots in Michigan. All the electronic ballots they switched. All the Trump and Biden votes, and they said they use that for like thirty counties in Michigan. Oh yeah, so they and you they can't and, so you can't trust those because Trump was winning big, and then all of a sudden it, it flips, and it's like what just happened? And yeah. then the Wisconsin thing where you found over one hundred twenty thousand only Biden votes. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. Yeah, that that's a problem with it because and like, Wisconsin, I believe they said that they had more voters than they had registered voters. I read that, I but don't know if that's true. The other thing I saw is, that, that I saw that as well. Yeah, they, I saw something like. That, but I don't know. But that was actually. that was per 2016. By 2016, yeah. they had X amount of voters. By 2020, they had a higher a lot more X voters. amount of voters. They had a lot more voters. And what's, so, yeah. What's the percentage of voters that usually vote per presidential election? Do you know? 50%. It's around there, right? Yeah. And the reason and why so to get a hundred to get over a hundred percent is ridiculous. Yeah, but if, there's got to be something fishy going on because you average about fifty percent of the registered voters to vote, and all of a sudden you get over a hundred. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Well, no, it was over a hundred if you count two thousand. No, the registered voters. Right. Two thousand sixteen. This time it, round, they have it where they everybody if you're if you're a positive, you know, they, they took didn't the count the registered voters this time. They took Does all the registered no. voters. Maybe, added? Based on, maybe it was based on the census. You know, they didn't state exactly how they actually determined who was a registered voter and who's not. Sometimes they add people, you know, well, it's going to be completely uncontrollable. We're going to basically say, take whatever your, your prior address is that we have on file for you, and then we're going to send you a ballot. For one, I didn't even receive a ballot. I was confused. I, I received a sample booklet, which I usually do. I didn't yeah, get an actual a sample book. I got a sample book. I did not get an actual ballot. You know, when I went to vote in person, afterwards they were like, yeah, you can check your vote online. It's on, you know, ballot tracks. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. All right, let's see if this actually gets counted. So I rolled off on there and it was like, build out created put my name in the system and all this stuff and it was like ballot track okay we'll send you a ballot what's going on here i thought everybody was supposed to get them if you know i've been voting multiple times already as it is my you know i get the sample ballot sent to me why exactly is it that i don't automatically get a ballot sent to me? since i've been you know same address doing the whole thing you know multiple times yeah i don't know maybe are they you just register are you a registered republican no i'm a registered voter i don't have an actual party so have you pick a party mm -mm. well they, they never that actually doesn't, party before that doesn't have anything to do with it i know i registered with dmv at one time at dmv i said yeah i'm a i want to register as a voter and then they ask if you want to pick your party and i have independent for mine so melanie as democrat and she gets a bunch of uh democrat propaganda sent mm -hmm. to our place as well <laughs> saying this is how you should vote well that means you can't vote in the primaries either if you're well if I you're can't. independent you I can don't. but if it you doesn't matter voter, you know, i couldn't vote 
voted for the Democrat. When I was voting in primaries, so if you're, I when you're registered independent, you can vote for the Democrat primary. If right, not, not the Republican primary, but for Democratic primary. That's well, weird. I, I think it doesn't weird. really matter because I I voted. Uh, vote. That's really weird. How do they put independence in the Democrat automatically? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Named either way. I think California doesn't care. You can actually vote for any primary you want. I'm pretty sure California cares. I mean, so, I'm a registered Republican, so I can vote in Republican primaries. How come only 66% of the California votes are reported? I don't know. I don't know. Don't because, we have uh, too many congressional seats for going in Republicans' way? Mm-hmm. Don't we have props that they should count? Yeah, I didn't even yeah, hear about props on the news. Somewhat. I haven't watched local news lately, but props that they had submitted. Um, a bunch of them. They have the uh, the prop regarding whether or not you can vote for uh, whether felons can vote after they completed their entire sentencing after they've done their probation and everything else. That got approved. Um, the, of course, uh, it did. Right. The application to actually whether or not they can bring back affirmative action got was voted no. I mean, a bunch of the other ones that were coming through, like the no on the affirmative action that was that was shot down a bunch of them got shot down that were just like kind of exceeding the entire bit the whole bit about the felons voting i thought that was weird but then again props don't matter unless the people in charge actually make them matter because like prop eight was uh approved you know it was like yeah put a constitutional amendment you know supposed to be direct democracy for california prop eight went through by the voters because they've voted on this multiple times and keep saying yes we don't we want to actually have man woman whatever is the the classification for for marriage but that one got punched forward and then uh you know, under schwarzenegger then when jerry brown voted in after after schwarzenegger left and done his, his bet jerry brown was, was governor went you know went to the supreme court Jerry Brown didn't send anybody at all to represent to California to defend it. Yeah. And so the, you know, since it's direct democracy, the population actually, you know, there's groups that were set up to actually sit you know, go off and they went to argue it before the Supreme Court saying, we got this proved it's a direct democracy in California. The Supreme Court stated, hey, you know, you know, you, you don't have any standing within it, within the, within the court system. So we, you know, we got to basically just say it was just no one's defending it. And he got shot down. And so that, you know, so, to, so Prop 8 kind of got overturned because governor of california decided not to send even anyone out to represent and they wouldn't respect the fact that it was a you know that california's direct democracy allows it for the civilian groups to be able to push off and create you know push off their own their own props the other question they're saying is like oh well we now need to have you know we need to have more states or whatever you know talk about we're going to have puerto rico and uh is going to be you know we want to make them the 51st state or whatever they had an off you know that because there's just not a lot enough representation coming through in California for all, for the entire population in relation to like the other states that have less populations or less sizes. So I was looking at the numbers today and if you take out California, Trump is winning yeah. the popular vote. Yeah, because the if they're, if we're talking that there's any kind of fraud at all involved in this whole system, there's certain areas that if you just mass produce fake ballots, if the ballots are come through, they get cycled through, they harvest and they push them off. They, you know, certain states like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, four million votes pop up in Texas for Biden. People are going to be like, this is really confused. But if Biden's concern or the Democrats were concerned is that they need to win the popular vote, that's 
what their biggest, you know, the biggest issue is. That's why Hillary Clinton was so big on trying to just get lots and lots of votes passed in California and Illinois because she needed enough to get over, you know, to win the popular vote because that's what she was worried about. Yeah, that's um, where the people gave her the most money. Right. She just went to the places that were going to give her the most money for her fundraisers. That's it. Well, it isn't, it isn't just that. She needed it in California, 4 million votes on top of everything, like large, drastic, you know, California votes for Biden or for Hillary Clinton or whoever. If they just dump down like four million, you know, four million, six million, however million, you know, however they want to just overload the system to make sure they have well over the popular vote, they can dump it down in California. No one's going to bat an eye because they're like, okay, well, you know, California is all voting for. for well, I also remember, I also remember four years ago. I saw zero commercials for President Trump. Zero. There were dozens of, of Hillary commercials, different different Hillary commercials bashing Trump, but I saw zero Trump commercials. And this year, I actually saw, I think, one or two different Trump commercials, and it wasn't bombarded with a bunch of Biden commercials either. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, obviously, there was more Biden than Trump, but the fact that I actually saw two Trump commercials in California, that means that they, that they actually paid money to to campaign in California, which is new. Well, yeah, they, they probably did. They saw that as, a, you know, at least try to increase their, their wherewithal within there. The other bit that comes through is that, you know, within California, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of um, House votes that were actually turned over that were originally held by Democrats two years ago. They just got crossed over. And then they, well, they know, were, the and then, went. and then somehow they went behind again too. Not all of them, but some of them did. There was some and of them. And of course, they, they waited a long time to count some ballots. And then what do you know? They come back and their guys ahead by a few thousand now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a possibility. Maybe it was you. Maybe it's your ballot that was surrendered as actually resubmitted. Surrender. Um, but as it is, but that, Only... that's the issue that's coming through is that that's, not, that's going off in the entire bit. It was like, you know, things were mentioned a long time ago. It was like, if you do, if you if you want to do an absentee vote, you know, if you qualify for it, because for one, if you're old, if you're an elder and you're concerned about whether or not you're going to get COVID or not, you can act. That's a that's a justification for an absentee vote. If you just because you want to submit it, whatever, that's not necessarily the best justification, and that's going to be where the lawsuit's going to come in because the there's because of the whole bit with the big push for for mail-in voting for just everybody going through they're stating there's an issue for fraud and sure enough you know this becomes a big dispute that comes through but if they there's did, like, if they, that's there's really, like that's six it. states that are that are being contested because of this nonsense right oh, and that's there is there is a, like six states like nick said and in those six states a lot of it had to do with the late voting and the late mail-in votes and if they go back and check those votes and here's here's where it gets kind of tricky because if you don't fill out the ballot correctly, then it's a throwaway. You know, there's certain things where you have to sign or you have to write certain things or not write certain things. I know when I took my ballot in, I just asked them what I needed to put on there. But the witness, there's you have to sign your ballot if you don't if they don't sign the outside of it. And so there's certain things where if you look at certain ballots, there's discrepancy and they could throw them away if they cut out a lot of those mail-in ballots, which is one thing they said could happen leading up to it and saying that a lot of the mail-in ballots get thrown out anyways because they're not filled out correctly. Then you're going to go back to voter suppression. This is the both sides that I see it as. Republicans are saying voter fraud and Democrats are saying voter suppression. And if they yeah. go through the ballots and they eliminate a lot of those mail-in ballots or several mail-in ballots, then the election will turn back. It's just going to be massive confusion. Yeah, the, when it goes, if it goes to the Supreme Court there, it's not like they're going to all of a sudden say, hey, you know what? I vote for 
for Biden. I vote for Trump. I vote for Biden. I vote for, you know, Jill Stein or whoever, right? It's not like they're going <laughs> to go back and forth like that. It's not like all of a sudden, nope, only nine votes count. And that's how you determine your president. It's not going to be like that. Supreme Court, they decide rules based upon laws that currently exist. Anything that gets sent out there, unless, unless, of course, the justices are like, I don't really care about the rules. I'm just going to go and do this all on partisan matters. No, they always have to route everything based upon the rules that are set up. So that's the issue that, you know, if it goes to the Supreme Court on this, it's not going to be about who do you think should be president? It's going to be, you know, how is the rule set up? Was there a violation of the rules? Is that how you negate, you know, are you able to determine any of this kind of stuff? That's the whole purpose. That's the entire thing that happens for the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, when they, in 2000, had to, you know, made a decision based up, is there enough time to be able to be able to do, a, you know, multiple more recounts or is it, you basically take it as a stance and then just say, okay, Bush won. Florida, he wins the presidency going forward. It's not that simple. This is a lot more complicated because they introduce new rules to the to the entire voting base. It they is, already it is more off. complicated than that, but based on all of their findings, they'll declare, okay, President Trump won this state, President Trump won this state, President Trump won this state. They do come to the conclusion that President Trump wins the state, but it mm -hmm. goes into them going based off of what the rules are, doing the counts based off of those rules, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But then they, they officially say, well, President Trump won this state or he won that state. It'll have, it'll be back and forth. It'll have to be, that's the, that's what they're going to make their decision upon if it goes. Well, court. that's why they, they hated ACB so much and they didn't want her to get confirmed because they knew it was, what they're going to do was going to cause everything to go to the courts. They knew President Trump was going to have lawyers and contest all their shenanigans. Mm -hmm. And that's why they didn't want ACB because they knew, oh man, if he puts another justice in there, he put in three and supposedly there's six, three, but we all know Roberts is liberal. So we all know it's five, four, but they still think, well, five, four turns it. If it was four, four, because Roberts was going to vote on their side, then they would have won. But now that they got 5-4, it's, uh-oh, now we might actually lose this thing. Well, a lot of it also is based upon whether or not the judges themselves, how they evaluate the way the rules are set up. And if they see Well, bias, yeah, just because President Trump put him in office doesn't mean they're going to vote his way. But it does mean that they're going to follow the rules more, more strictly than the other side. The other side is more activist. Mm -hmm. These people are going to look at it and say, well, yeah, based on these rules and based on what happened, yes, that's what we declare. Especially because they're younger justices, they're more honest, with the exception of Clarence Thomas, who's awesome. People he, should be able to vote by mail, though if they want to. If right. people want to vote by mail, they should be able to mail that in their vote. It, that would make it a That's... lot easier, but the issue regarding vote, vote by mail is how do you verify that the person that actually states that it's their vote, that they're the ones that, have, that actually did it? And not only that, when it's getting counted later on, when it gets when it gets popped up, they need to have a very you know they have to have independent uh, observers to be able to show that the people that are actually evaluating evaluating the votes or counting the votes that they're actually following a process and they're not you know it's not out of nowhere. The, yeah. the other bit about like all of a sudden it's like the, one of the arguments that are also coming up on in uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, probably often in Arizona as well, maybe or, or Nevada. And Nevada, it, that's yeah, seven Nevada. states, I think, right? Those are the ones that come, those are the ones in dispute. But when it comes down to those those states when they're going to look at this they're going to say how exactly um you know how is it certain you know all of a sudden they have a whole bunch of ballots pop up they stop voting they stop counting at like three in the morning whatever eastern town or how, how whatever time it was they actually stopped counting and then they had a break and then all of a sudden they came and they're like resume 10 minutes clock in the morning oh wow look at this there's a hundred thousand just votes popped up out of nowhere you know, all of them in this one box from this one region for this one area all of a sudden it's just like a whole bunch of biden votes coming in yeah they, have to, check, they have to see they have to see if they're registered voters if it matches 
they only voted once, if they filled everything out correctly, if they turned it in time, they have to go through every single detail and, and, and determine it. And you can't just come up with hundreds of thousands of new ballots that are just going to be there. I mean, unless it goes deeper than that, where they set up the fraud to do that as well, register a bunch of dead people, and then they got to check, are they dead? And I mean, yeah. they, know oh, I could, take a, I, they know it's going to take a long time in court. How are they going to tell that it was Nick who voted, for instance? Yeah. You know, if Nick goes in, it's not like they checked his ID. You know, for some reason, that's racist or whatever. If you ask, ask for people's IDs, even though I think that's racist to think that uh, minorities don't have, have an ID. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody's got an ID. But how do how should how should they be able to check it? And what if they started doing an online thing where you register into like a government site? And you send out your own personal email or or something yeah. like that, and you come up with your own personal password. That way, that way, it's you. Is there another? Is there any other verification where how can you verify that the people voting are actually voting? Yeah, you know what would make this even more complicated and even more difficult is if they didn't yes. have the electoral college and it was all popular vote. Then it would be mass hysteria. Mass hysteria is correct. It would be yes. cats and dogs living together you know, in peace kind of concepts. There's a lot of so. people in California and somehow every single one of them voted. Apparently yeah. <laughs> that would be the thing. But the other bit is that, well, okay, if they allow felons to vote within California, and if you're a felon in another state, you can probably just come to California and then, you know, be, be a vote, you know, be a registered voter there. And how is that going to relate to the rest of the that entire question that's going to be, you know, have to be determined by the courts. But as it, as it stands, these are some of the things that they have to, that they're going to have to figure out is like, because they already, when they're looking at the mail-in ballot kind of bit, they're already talking about all, they're already talking about the fact that there's all, you know, these are the issues that are going to be coming up, that they, right. that they already have to prep it ahead of time. So why didn't they come up with these, like, how, this is how you verify if, if an actual, you know, vote is is proper or not if these ballots are assigned you know going off you know what percentage of ballots that are mail-in ballots are actually returned you know which areas are they from kind of where you know that are getting their mail-in ballots versus you know where they're actually going through this is all stuff that should have been you know is possible that they could have been tracking to begin with I mean, they're talking about, well, but you could do tracing for coronavirus. They could do tracing for the ballots. And they could have done this a long time ago anyways. And especially so, since it's all electronic, then it would all work out that way. Yeah. So another another interesting thing about this whole election is the fact that Fox News was the first one to declare Arizona as well. I messaged you guys on election night how Arizona was kind of weird and... Why is it Fox News says Arizona and CNN didn't even have Arizona? Fox not News only that, was the first one to conf to say to confirm it for Biden, which not only which of course people most people should know that Rupert Murdoch is a registered Democrat and he's a liberal. It's and not and his that. hardcore liberal son is going to take over for him too when he retires. Yeah, it's still he, not decided though. They're, they I know that's that's the whole thing. The so race. the fact that they got everybody thinks that Fox News is a conservative news organization. No, it's not. It's owned by liberal Democrat. They're just the only. They're just the only news organization that has conservative talking people on there, like yeah. real conservative, like Tucker but and Hannity and Ingram. There's, and, and there's still time on the clock, though. They said that there's 90% reported, and the difference in votes is about 45,000 plus Biden. And there's still, so if it's 90% reported, I guess that leaves about 300,000 votes. Yeah. So that's gonna they be... have about 3 million votes already. So 10% of 3 million is 300,000, right? I mean, that math seems uh, accurate, right? Maybe. The other issue that comes up is the votes that are, that are supposed to be counted are coming from Maricopa County in Arizona. And uh, Where's that? Maricopa County, Maricopa is the one there. Uh, remember the Sheriff Arpaio? Yeah. Where's um, Maricopa? Yeah, just just Arpaio. Give, give, me a, yeah. give me a city name. I think it's a, Where's Maricopa? Is it Flagstaff? Is it 
closer to Amato, Arizona. Where is Maricopa? It's not Amato. That's not the name of their No, county. it's not. No, they're Pima. Yeah, they're Pima. Pima. Yeah, Maricopa is... Uh, Tombstone? Between Phoenix, Phoenix? And, and Tucson. Between, between yeah, Phoenix like, and Tucson. Between Phoenix, Mesa, and Glendale, Arizona. That's Maricopa. So that's why it's like the most, you know, a lot of people live off in that area. So and those guys, they elected, you know, it looks, they usually consider that to be kind of a red state. So when they're looking at Arizona, it's like, yeah, once Maricopa comes through, it's not going to be like 100% Biden coming through. It's going to probably be a bigger mix and it's probably going to, you know, possibly lean towards Trump. That happens in Arizona flips. So I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe they, thing and change as as it stands right now even if arizona did flip back there's georgia has switched over to biden let's see what's the other one pennsylvania has also went to biden and pennsylvania that was a huge lead just yesterday and now that one has shrunk down and pennsylvania right. has taken the early lead oh, this is after we got to wait a long time to count these ballots yeah how like how complicated is that it's uh, it's well how many ballots are we behind we, you know that would be the argument that they've actually come whether or not it's true or not whether or not it's like they're just really slow in accounting biden ballots i don't know but as it comes down people are saying like how is it that they just automatically just bring in like boxes full of biden ballots and say, oh, yeah, we just found these. These just arrived in U USPS. You know, it's like, oh, wow, that's really convenient. That's that is really the best case for voter fraud on mail-in ballots. That, that is the best case, is that you have a stack of ballots in your trunk. If we need to use them, we are prepared to use them. Here's some people that we're sending out, and it looks like they're not voting, and we can just drop them on in whenever. Yeah. And they are registered voters. Yeah, whether or not it's a true, you got to actually evaluate it. You know, based on evidence, you're not really sure. They got, you know, they're actually going to have to really dig deep into that and whether or not they have the time, whether or not they, are, they have the energy, you know, be able to actually, the manpower to be able to investigate that stuff is, is beyond it. But as it is, there's a lot of people that are probably believing this all, that the system's completely rigged. Um, the bigger point that came through for the, for this last election though, is like looking at the Senate and looking at the House. Because even if you have a Biden presidency, anything that they're trying to try to get passed, since it's so tied off in the Senate and actually it looks a lot like the, like the Republicans will probably have, you know, be able to actually actually dominate within the setting still, maybe like 51, 52 versus 49, 48. Uh, senators, you know, that's going to impede Biden's ability to get whatever he wants passed. Because in Obama's first term, he had the House, he had the Senate, he had the, the uh, Supreme Court, the White House, right? So he was able to get all this stuff passed. You know, Obama was able to get all this stuff passed. He has like a two week, two week, uh, two year break. Because what happens is people eventually just push back against whoever's in charge because things aren't getting better. Uh, well, Chad, 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 to go back to what you said about the Senate, you got to look at Michigan and John James, who just like Trump was way ahead, and then all of a sudden, and it flipped and it went Biden and it went against Garrett, it went for Garrett Peters. John James is one of the key senators that's getting hosed by all of this. Yeah, he is. I mean, that, so guy, gonna... that guy clearly was winning and clearly should be elected. He's a great human being. He's a veteran, served his country. The guy's super nice. I mean, he the was going to deserve... win by a lot. And then all the of a sudden, deserve... the same thing that happened to Trump. Yeah, that's down by a lot or team. down by a little. Well, I mean, well, when they called it for Michigan, when they talked about like what's the difference in how many votes and stuff like that, they had already called it for uh, Kelly in Arizona. Like in, with a with a much narrower margin than they had in Michigan, and the same kind of thing goes off for Purdue in Georgia, and they these kind of issues 
that come through is like, how exactly are they calling these and stating that this is what's going off, that they're allowing these guys to actually, you know, they're calling it so-and-so won this center race, so-and-so won that center race. And then what's up with Alaska? In Alaska, based upon the same numbers and they're, how they're evaluating for Biden and Trump before, is like, why is it they never called Alaska when it's come, you know, really looks like it's completely done? You know, it's, it's obvious on how everything got to pull through. Uh, Alaska, Alaska's the most likely is like, like, hey, you know what? It's really freezing. We need to send out our mail and actually just send, vote by mail. You would think that would be the most, you know, the most ideal place to actually do vote by mail. Right. Um, how is it Alaska has never come through? And then if you're watching on how the numbers kept popping in, they were the way that they were having it was like, call for Biden, call for Biden. Okay, Biden's always ahead, and, you know, ahead in the uh, the presidential race. Then we're looking at Republican senators and like, okay, pushing off ahead, making it, you know, up until up until they just started saying like, oh, okay, we got to call this for so and so, we got to call this for so and so. But then they were like, hold back a little bit because we don't want it to look like you're over fifty percent or you're closer. You know, you get a lot more Republican. What is Alaska like? Three though? I mean, yeah, they get three. They have one. They have two senators and one representative. So it's not like it's one of the spe special states where they have like three uh, three bits come. They didn't call Alaska, which is really weird. Um, the right. Other one well, it's like owning Australia in risk. It's not that big of a deal. It's not like you're oh, owning. God. Australia is the best. You take Australia first and you use that to expand off. Going off a of risk is different from everything else. So we're, South, we're of, at South America is the best. Yeah. Colors, 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 colors. Yeah, I don't know. I think we beat up the. Uh, when we're talking about the rules and how everything's evaluated a lot of it right. is if it's the way it's looking all the doomsday issues of oh yeah it's going to be you know green you know the green uh new deal all that stuff that the way the fact that the uh, that there is such a narrow margin like the the house and the senate but they're expecting it to be like this massive blue wave coming through where the, uh, the Democrats would just destroy the Republicans in the House, and they'd have you know they just dominate over in the House. That didn't happen. In fact, the Republicans regained a lot of seats within the House itself. And this whole you know there's 35 Republican seats, or there's more Republican seats are up in the Senate, and they lost a couple, but they flip they flip you know the the Democrats gain like two if they you know if Arizona turns out to be for Kelly, more than likely it's going it's going to be with the uh, with the Senate or and in the Senate, I think they ended up flipping Alabama. But as it comes down to is when you're looking at, you know, if there's any kind of mandate, you know, there's not going to be any mandate. If Biden becomes president and if that's a part, you know, if that happens, there's always, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, no, it's the end of the republic. They're going to destroy the United States. Probably not. I don't see that as, you know, I for one, I don't ever really believe that any, anyone, any president is going to be as bad as everybody says they are. And they're not going to be as good as everybody says they are either. I think it's important to establish what exactly the parameters are. Like if we're evaluating Biden in terms of the same um, the same metrics that we evaluated Trump, which I don't see that as even going to happen whatsoever, because everybody was like, we don't like Trump because he's you know because he's bombastic and he communicates really poorly and everything else. You guys, alternative to Trump is Biden. Biden is the you know Biden. Is like a non-stop gap machine. Um, you can probably look up uh, Robin Williams on Biden. We still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the fuck? <laughs> Joe says shit that even people at Tourette's go, no. <laughs> no. What is going on? Joe is like your uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. 
I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. Right. I, I, we could go. We could get into the the Biden thing, but that was. I mean, that's been laid out even before this presidency that you're right. looking it's, at two different sides. If you got Trump and then you got Biden. And it's kind right. of funny what Trump was saying about 47 months versus 47 years. And it's like, yeah. what have you done in your 47 years? But Biden has ran for president twice before. He tried running for president when Obama right. got the nomination. And then he tried running for president, was it 88? Was that when he did before? He, yeah, I think, I think it was like I think it was like '88. He tried to run up against um, George H. W. Bush, I think. And, and so, um, yeah, it was in '88. He left the election because they, he kept lying about things. And then it was CNN. It was NBC. They're calling him out, saying this guy is just coming up with uh, stories. Like he just comes up with stories, and he was still doing it even even now. He was still coming yeah. up with these stories about. I, I tried to visit Nelson Mandela in South Africa when he was in jail. I got arrested trying to visit him. No, 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 you didn't. We were, after the they meet, the Democrats immediately tried to impeach uh, Trump, like after, you know, we're already starting off the entire impeach Trump bit after he became, pre you know, pro maybe even before he was, pre you know, he, got, he was fully inaugurated or whatever like that. People were saying, like, well, this is now going to be this case where they're going to basically make it where after every every president from now on is going to be impeachment hearings are going to be against them. The, the ones who would probably benefit the most from uh, an impeachment hearing against uh, Biden would be the Democrat, because just letting Biden, you know, be Biden and president is like the worst thing that can happen for the Democrats. Oh, yes. It's like that Simpsons episode when George H.W. moved across the street from Homer. And George Bush is looking at the newspaper yeah. and they're saying public enemy number one. They have a picture of Clinton and he's like, <laughs> roasting the new guy. As much as as bad as they say, um, you know, Trump, Trump is anti-Trump and everything like that. It's going to be so much worse. You know, Biden's going to have a hard time for the Democrats because I think like the narrow margin they have in the House within two years, next next uh, midterms, he's, they're going to lose the House. I want to get into uh, yeah, I want to get into demolition man how well it holds up and how it might be one of the best futuristic movies but if you want to pick that up on monday but base but basically one of them is how they talk about touching and diseases how nobody slaps hands in that movie at the beginning of the movie beginning of the movie is 1996 and then sylvester stallone goes to jail where they put a police officer in jail and that's like unheard of especially at that time because it was shortly after rodney king and all that for sliding go to jail it's like no cop was ever going to jail but they put him in jail for murder for murdering innocent people or being involved in the death of innocent people so that's another good one and the elimination of there's there's a lot to get into. Yeah, Demolition Man is pretty relevant, apparently. I would probably grab Leary's clip when he's talking about this is the way that the world is now. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. See, according to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy. Because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. 
like no contact. Oh, well, what I about, want to eat a cheeseburger because they, they, yeah, they controlled the they controlled the food. They wanted to control you know the, like Taco Bell ended up being winning the restaurant wars, franchise wars. It's yeah, yeah. And some of the and some of those were a bit you know some of those were swing and misses. Like like everybody yeah. wearing kimonos is a swing and miss. The franchise yeah. wars is a swing and miss. The getting fined for your speech is a swing and miss. However, there is a lot of uh, control controlling on what you on say. Speech. Yeah. So they have there is controlling speech is the big one. It's like, oh, we're gonna right. find you for this, we're gonna find you for that. Oh, we're gonna just basically, you know, cancel you out so that we're not allowing you on our platform. People are you know, now it's rose colored glasses for uh, whoever the you know, for the former president or whatever. As in four years, people forgot about what was the problems with Obama and Biden's administration. And one of the ones when it came down to it is they're like, these jobs aren't coming back. The economy were just, has been destroyed. There's really not much we can do. You know, it's all because of George W. Bush. It was, it was his entire bit. You know, for all the years, it was always, oh, it's because this is the worst economy that was handed to me, all this crap, right? Bush, I mean, Trump turned it around in like four years. The reasoning why the economy bounced back the way it did is because the um, because Trump uh, got rid of a lot of that regulation that was set up. Because as it is, Obama and Biden's uh, economic plan was really schizophrenic to the point where they had the uh, the companies, uh, the corporations didn't have any concept of how to actually interpret what, you know, there wasn't any long-term concept at all. It was always like quick fix, quick fix, quick fix, quick fix is what they're doing. And then they would dump a bunch of money into like cylinders. And then it'd be like, no, no, we're going to, you know, do this, 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 you know, all these crazy regulations happening based upon his, uh, you know, him writing, you know, on executive orders. And it caused so much confusion to the point where they uh, where the, the corporations were like, we're just not going to invest. We're not going to invest. We're just going to try to just wait it out and, and then hope for the best with the, whoever the president is next. Once Trump deregulated a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the taxes and everything else like that, everything shifted where the uh, the companies actually began trading and they began working again and they began pulling it, you know working off of manufacturing and the bit with China right now where a lot of um, trade or manufacturing is beginning to pivot back to the United States, that's going to be suspect as to what, what exactly is going to happen. The other thing that's going to, the other issue that's going to come up is Trump is trying to pull, pull the United States out of Afghanistan under Biden presidency. Everybody in Afghanistan was thinking like, yeah, hey, Taliban and the and and uh, Jairoa, the, the government of Islamic Republic of Afghanistan, they're just looking to see who's going to be president. And then that's how this, you know, the future for the for the conflict is going to be based upon whoever is president. Trump just wants to pull out. Biden, they suspect, is not. He's going to double down and say, no, Trump mm. screwed everything up in Afghanistan. Now we got to double down and really surge and everything like that. All right. Instead, you know, the, the entire how much I would make in Afghanistan would just jump if I decide to go back. But as it as it stands, it's like they're looking at their, the Obama administration, despite receiving the Nobel Peace Prize, was all about like new wars, starting up new conflicts, jumping all over the place. And then a continuation of the ISIS, you know, ISIS was, you know, ISIS was was raging, issue going off and Afghanistan was raging. We're wondering about what's going off with Korea. Now it's going to be like, okay, Biden's going to be the guy that's going to be, you know, if he's going to be in charge, how exactly is it, you know, are they going to reevaluate? Are we going to have more wars because of this? Some of the sound is a little bit muffled. And yeah. I don't know if you want to try to pick this up again on Monday or not. All yeah. right. Uh, we can, we can redo this on Monday morning then. I'll catch you later. Yesterday, days before. 
sun is cold, rain is hot, I know Been that way for all my time Till forever on it goes Through the circle fast and slow, I know That was Cousin Alex Parolo and his friends, Damien and James. Thanks for the bite. Yep. Well, it's uh, Monday, November 9th, and we now have a new president or new president-elect, even though there'll still be court stuff going on like we talked about. But I think it's pretty pretty much all signs are going to be pointing towards Biden. I don't see them reversing that decision. Um, no, I don't see it either. I mean, it hasn't been done before. The, but then again, they're saying like, oh, I don't understand why he hasn't conceded. In 2000, uh, the Gore, Gore Bush thing, that thing went on for like until until December. This whole thing is he hasn't done it the week after is uh, who really cares. It's not that big of a deal. You know, it's technically, him, it's technically close enough to where he can challenge it still. So mm-hmm. it, it isn't his right to do so. But then at the same time, I don't see it going anywhere else. And I see it just yes. kind of getting dragged on for a little bit but then it then it'll just kind of go away yeah so i think i think the great i think the great fear is that he's gonna go on some rant and say he got screwed and (laughs) proud boys where are you proud boys i told you to stand down now it's time to stand up i i will be your president i think that's i think that's the great fear but i don't actually see that playing out i see it as uh, so he's going to leave, and then that, and then we're going to move on. Yeah, I mean, it's never, it's always it's what we've always expected. It's like, yep, when the time comes, he's just going to leave. I think what's what he's probably doing is he's setting things up so that so that he can actually, you know, keep keep the keep the impression that there was fraud involved in the election, so that all the seventy million people that actually voted for him are going to believe the, you know, are going to say, yeah, there was probably fraud involved with this a little bit. Because a lot of the th- a lot of the events and stuff and the way that they they kind of worked out was kind of kind of hinky a little bit. The stuff going off in Michigan and Pennsylvania, or whatever. So that's what he's going to do. He's going to promote that idea. I would expect that uh, in the coming maybe in the coming months or so, he's going to just declassify a whole lot of documents and just drop it off. Uh, declassify a lot of documents pertaining to whatever you know, because he's always making off the impression, you know, is pushing off the, the theory that there's a deep state. And that there's people that bureaucrats within the FBI, CIA, whatever the government themselves, that actually are the ones that control everything. You know, there's they got he got a lot of pushback because he doesn't just follow along, along as as the uh, as prior presidents have done. If he has any evidence regarding the deep state, this is the time he's going to probably drop it. You know, at least put it off in the off in the uh, off in the public sector, declassify all the stuff, and so people then can just carry it off. And on top of that, he's also been. Uh, Companies that he's associated with are looking at buying um, San Diego's uh, One American News Network, and then he'll probably end up rolling in and creating a news network, because which may explain why Fox all of a sudden jumped right off and declared Arizona for for Biden like right from the get go, and uh, is it because they then saw Trump is going to try to create and you know try to rival whatever, so they wanted to you know cause cause problems for him because they they uh, Rupert Murdoch's son is you know is probably going to try to take 
Fox News and push it off towards the left instead, thinking that, oh, these guys will just embrace us. There's a lot of people that are like, no, never Fox, never Fox, even if they just start telling us, you know, the only thing they'll work with Fox is they'll like, see, even Fox News agrees with us kind of thing. You know, but what it'll do is it'll shift off and create a power vacuum and then it'll be ended up being Trump will be able to roll in as the as the conservative voice of America kind of concept and then be able to push his messaging off there and then anticipation for 2024. Do you think that Trump's media would be closer to Alex Jones or closer to what Fox News was in 2000? Uh, if he does, if he goes the Alex Jones route, he's going to lose viewership. People are not going to follow along with a whole bit. If he's going to, you know, if he's going to do anything like that, he's going to, you know, if, if he goes, if he goes that route, people are going to say tinfoil hats. People are going to say tinfoil hats anyways, but at least, you know, he'll be in a position. At least people will start watching initially because everybody just follows whatever Trump does anyways, left and right. And so if he doesn't, if he, if he, he needs to actually have it being evidentiary for any kind of claims that he makes, and he's got to build up his credit, you know, the, the organization's got to build up the credibility and they can't go from the very beginning by just making up, you know, wild theories without any evidence whatsoever. Trump's not going to be writing. He's not going to be doing any of this stuff. It's not like he's probably going to oversee it. He'll just have his name stamped on it. There'll have to yes. still be other writers and they're just going to be generating stories. And if they want to go hard conservative, then they're just going to keep generating stories. I would think like Daily Mail, if he mm -hmm. does decide to do a media, it'd be really difficult to get into that space of NBC, ABC, CNS, yeah. Yeah. Fox, like it's, the, it's really difficult to get into that space that takes a lot of money to generate into that it does but what happens is if he has trump media or whatever is the company that ends up being the overseer for this the a lot of the news agencies like nbc uh, nbc is owned by general electric um abc is owned by disney uh, cnn to you know fox all these they usually are bigger subsidiaries or they have bigger companies that are associated with them so when they run themselves in the red because they spend way more money than they're actually getting for viewership, then what's going to happen is they then can take those losses that they have for that media company and push them off to the more profitable companies. So General Electric and NBC, NBC has been going for years. This has bad viewership. They're able to just keep pushing stuff out regardless of the fact that they keep turning, you know, if they turn off the, the viewership for the for NBC products, so they can actually run themselves in the red. General Electric is an act, you know, is an industrial company. These guys then can take all the tax, all the money that they lost with NBC and push it towards General Electric. So it balances out so they don't have to pay taxes because this is all losses from, from this other bit. Whenever they're saying about Trump not making, you know, paying taxes or whatever, that's the route that he takes is that the less profit, you know, you can take, you can bounce less profitable companies, the tax, you know, the, the amount of money that he lost, whatever companies, and he's able to push it off into another company that's actually profitable. So then they can then take the tax breaks from that. I pay my taxes. Actually, better than paying because I paid beforehand tens of millions. What do you think? And I'm not trying to say Joe Biden is going to be the president to do this in the next four years because I don't see Biden as being that kind of guy. But what do you think about people wanting to do away with the Constitution and doing a new Constitution? Because I feel as if we're kind of going into that realm of people thinking that our Constitution is outdated. It was written by racist slave owners. If you think about the Second Amendment, they're firing muskets as opposed to 
assault rifles that we have today. They couldn't have been thinking about AR-15s back then. They were thinking about muskets. And then now we have our First Amendment, you know, the, the one that makes us the greatest country on earth, the freedom of speech, freedom of the press. And now we have, well, you know, those uh, racist slave owners who uh, doctored up our constitution didn't know that we would have an internet. And now with the internet, we have to be able to censor it because there's hate speech on there. You, you, see, you see where I'm going with this? And it's yeah. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen. It's not going to happen in four years. It's not going to happen under uh, Joe Biden presidency. But I can see where people are going to start be going towards, we need to get rid of this constitution. And in the last, I'd say in the last 10 years or eight mm -hmm. years, there's been talk of getting rid of the Senate. They're realizing now that California has just as many senators as the Dakotas. Or I mean, the Dakotas have twice as many senators as California. Or twice as many senators? No, they have the same amount. Every state gets two no, senators. No, no, That's no. What... North Dakota, if you just combine North Dakota and South, okay, what do you have? Like uh, less than a million people in those two states combined? <laughs> they get four senators. Right. That's right. That does make so much sense. However, these guys are the same people that, that when they the proposal is coming out that they split California up into three different states, they're like, no, 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 that's that's completely crazy. It was like, if you split them up into three states, California now has six senators, <laughs> not two, they have six. And if you want, we can split it up into six states because they had that proposal <laughs> before. And then you can have California can have 12 senators. And how fantastic would that be? Because then you can basically, you know, dominate the Senate, right? By the having new pack of the court, pack in the Senate. Yeah, as in just... If you, the key to, to do this is like either you're going to split your state up and then you can get a lot more senators based upon what the state used to be or you can suck it up and say no you know what we can still have san francisco and los angeles dominate the entire state and get all of those all the votes that come through because associated with the two senators the all the congressmen they have off in the house of representatives and then allow them to have a you know a power a power play when it comes off to national politics you know for going for president so the entire argument they have is ridiculous if they want basically split you know split the country up and sp split the state up because it was already put, it already passed pushed off to be put on the on the uh, on the proposition list and then they decided you know what we know better than the direct democracy that we have for the proposition system. We're just not going to let this happen. We're not going to let anybody vote on this whole thing, which is completely is is ant, you know against whatever they're actually proposing for everything else. I, I think having a different governor for Southern California than for Northern California is should certainly be in play. And it would be a completely different state-run government. Now you still might get all those liberal votes, and you still might get two Democratic senators with Southern California, but at least Southern California can keep those dollars in Southern California. Yeah, they're like, well, we don't want to gerrymander the state. We don't want to have to have it where it's going to be like gerrymander the state. You can, if you guys break it down, if you're really concerned about it, you know, people not getting their voices heard, create a Southern California, even if it is a, you know, even if it becomes Republican dominant, you still have Southern California. There has been talk of disbanding the Senate, and it seems to come up every two years. You can find all these, you know, these are trashy articles by GQ or Vox, Vox whatever but there's yeah. you can see it even by cnn will have right. an opinion piece saying this is the case for disbanding the senate we can get rid of the senate and then you'll yeah. still have a cop you'll still have the congress and that'll be the house of reps and all the house of reps would, would take over for senate duties the other thing is when you google disband the senate you'll get how the imperial forces did that in order 66 the emperor wanted to disband the senate to rule yeah. the galaxy in order to ensure the security and continuing stability, the Republic will be reorganized into the first Galactic Empire! 
Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, in a galaxy far, far away, that's a, <laughs> a really good precedent, uh, since it's actually completely rigged by uh, George Lucas, as in he makes it goes along the way that he wants it to go. So, um, yeah, that's uh, this. No, that doesn't really look like. No one's going to disband the Senate. They're not going to just, you know, this idea that they're going to create a new constitution. The only way they're going to do that is they got to go and have a constitutional convention, which means you have to have all 50 states be able to jump in and be able to weigh their, you know, put their weight in behind the whole idea. That's not going to happen. Should people get freedom of speech on social media devices like YouTube or Twitter or Facebook? They're private companies. What they should do instead is if there are, you know, if Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any of these companies, they decide that you want to start stifling free speech. They don't want, you know, they don't, they just want to allow people that they want, you know, that they agree with to actually have, you know, use their platform. What that happens is they should be able to do that. The difference being is instead of it being a plot, you know, their, their status though is a platform means that they can't be sued for anything that gets pushed off by anybody in within their, within their platform, you know, because the idea is like everybody has a free reign. They're all able to do whatever. So if you have somebody making these false claims or whatever, the other issue that comes up is people using Facebook because to uh, cyber bully other people and, you know, put off their entire, their their, uh, negative positions regarding it to try to intimidate and mess up someone else. Then the person that's getting bullied on Facebook would then be able to sue Facebook for libel. And then they would win because if Facebook is no longer considered a platform, it's now considered a publisher because if they have the ability to select who they don't like to be to be off of the platform, then they're no then they're editors. They're actually editing everything that comes through for everybody that says anything. So they'd be liable for anything that's being spoken off in Facebook. Same thing goes on Twitter. Same thing goes with all the others. If you if they want to be if they want to do it and basically edit out, determine who's able to actually use their platform and who's not, they should have their status change from being a platform to being a publisher. I imagine if you post something on if you grab some article saying that the election's a fraud. If you try posting on Facebook, you'll get something that'll click up right away saying how this is false information. Yeah, if you go on Twitter and do the same yeah. thing, you'll also get a little thing saying, oh, by the way, this is all false. Everything everything in this post is bullshit. Yeah, they'll say they'll have their own little edit team going in there. But if they're going to do that, maybe they give the option to say, hey, do you want to actually take our recommendations and our editing, whatever? And then if you say, you know, you can opt in, you can opt out and say, yeah, I want to take this. I don't want to take this. And then you don't have that little screen popping up whenever it's actually whatever Facebook approves or what Facebook doesn't approve. If you're going to do, you know, they can have that possibility. As long as they give people the, as long as they give people the option, what's going to happen though, is that if they overstep their hands on this and people have such a visceral reaction against Facebook or against Twitter or against whoever, another company can come in and just create a new social program social networking system and then you know everybody will just flock off to that one instead because of you you know and then facebook can just be an echo chamber the way they want it or that twitter can be an echo chamber or whoever but what it comes down to is let let it happen let people be able to actually determine whatever don't have any any way to block it because i mean facebook rose up it used to be myspace myspace was really big off in the early in the 90s or whatever you know facebook the problem with myspace is you have too many options for how you're able to organize your page and everything else. Whereas Facebook is like a cut and dry. We're having, this is our system. You guys can just don't, you know, have an option to be able to put your, your pictures or whatever. But in terms of you controlling the way it looks and everything, you don't remember MySpace, do you? I've never had a MySpace page. Yeah, no, you're I, probably better off not having one because MySpace was a mess. 
unless you actually have another company come in and design your page, it's a complete mess. And yeah, so I recall that's... seeing I recall seeing MySpace and I recall people being on it and then them showing me their page. I mean, hey, check this out. And then I guess you could look at other people's page. But it was uh it was, it was like a like, huge uh, mess. And Facebook just not, actually not something made, I wanted to get into. Yeah, Facebook built right. a better program. So Right. You know, then it's like as opposed to getting all of you, it's like, hey, here's a picture of you and here's what you're doing recently is what Facebook's model is. And then if you want to click on that person, you can see their photos. Everything is kind of listed out. of, Hey, how much do I want to see this person? Do I want mm-hmm. to see what this person's about? And then you can click on what they're about and they can talk about their favorite movies or political or, like, or religious affiliations. Or else they can, you know, be able to jump on and, you know, push off whatever, whatever, uh, pair whatever political propaganda they want to push off right now it's within this week it's it's if you're for biden you're pushing off that the world's gonna be a fantastic place you're dancing whatever people off in new york not paying attention to social distancing but they're all wearing masks so good for them kind of thing but that's basically spiking the football right now four years from now if biden loses and a republican takes over it's going to be flipped around and then you're going to have it where those that were on the losing side are like this just you know the democrats are going to be Yes, this was this election was robbed, and the Republicans are really like, "Hey, no, it's not. It's all fair elections. Whatever, blah 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 blah." It's gonna be the same bit. Right now is the key point to establish what are the boundaries, what are the rules, how are we gonna evaluate whether or not someone's a complete hypocrite, and like, how do you actually structure this whole bit? Because we can, we already know for the last twenty years we had Bush. We saw the Bush years, how the media, how people, you know, how people treated Bush. Then we saw how people treated Obama. Then we saw how people treated uh, Trump. Now it's kind of like, hey, let's move off into the Biden bit. Can we actually have a rule determination on what, how much bias is being pushed by the media? How much bias against anti-Biden bias? How much pro-Biden bias? How is all this going to work out? And the things that you're saying prior to all this, you know, how that how that's going to get affected. So if they already have like these are the goalposts to be able to determine the rules for how you're going to evaluate anything. And then you just run from there because otherwise it's going to be, oh, well, for instance, the, uh, for the, la- the second debate that uh, Biden and Trump had, Biden was talking about how it's like, you know, it's like, no, there's no way we're going to have a vaccine possibly until like mid, mid 2021. And Trump was talking about, oh, two weeks, you know, we'll have one within a couple of weeks. Trump, you know, whatever is coming out a little bit about warp speed and our conversation on that. The latest bit yes. is Pfizer is coming out saying, hey, uh, we have a, we have a vaccine that we're going to push off in a couple of weeks. And uh, it's at, you know, at the 90% success rate. And, you know, we're going to make sure, see how all this works. So now what's going to happen? The people that were like all pro Biden to promote their confirmation bias, they're going to say, nope, Trump, you know, the people that are for Trump were like, nope, Trump is right. Two weeks, the whole thing. Biden was wrong in this whole situation. Biden's saying everybody's going to die. 220,000 people is too much. And therefore he's, you know, is is why he's a bad president. And you're like, well, how is it going to transition over? Is Trump right? Is Biden right? Those that are pro Biden, you say, no, 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 Trump didn't, you know, know pfizer is pfizer just have it isn't doing part of operation warp speed blah 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 trump's bad Biden's great we're just everything's gonna you know he's he's he gives out hope is the is right. the other aspect right and like okay well let's see kool-aid 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 okay you guys filter throughout all the bias now is the time to jack up the numbers we need to get the numbers jacked up up until until mid-january and once we mm-hmm. switch over that way we can always reference a scoreboard and we can say look at the scoreboard it's and dropping this, the this last how it was last year yeah <laughs> this is how he was in the nine months of covid and this is how the first nine months of the biden covid plan works 
Yeah, is an, it, is scoreboard it baby. Yeah, yeah, is it all? You know, who who is actually responsible for the first nine months of Biden's uh, presidency regarding COVID? In, and you know, and plus unemployment, unemployment. Let's keep it down. Let's keep mm-hmm. all the unemployment down. Let's keep everything shut down. That way, once we get into mid January, things can start opening up again. People need to get hired again. Jobs like, need we to have return. Fantastic numbers. And then yeah. check out the scoreboard. Once you see the scoreboard rising, you're mm-hmm. saying, wow, this many people were out of work by the time I took office. And now look at all the people that are back to work. That's the scoreboard, baby. Yeah, that's all it comes down to. We're also going to see if there's no reason for plexiglass being established and put up in every business, then they can say, you know, push that would then be able to be checked off. We don't have to deal with that. So then you, you won't have to deal with the consequences of, of mandating plexiglass everywhere. So, yeah, some people have snow. They can't be outside serving. Yeah, they're not going to be out. You know, that's not going to work. So I don't know. It's We'll see how this all works out. Um, the latest I heard was that Biden was going to mandate masks for everybody, that everybody's going to have to start doing it. You're going to have a problem with that. You're going to have a, ma- you know, dealing again. This is a state issue. Governors are the ones that do the, you know, actually state what the policy is for their state. The federal government, they don't handle this kind of concept. If they want, they can dump money saying, hey, we'll give you guys money. And then you can take it and spend it on whatever mask that you want whatever which means it's be a contract out to a company so that they take tax money to dump into a company that's associated with people that are associated with biden or whoever they whoever the people are that actually are pushing off this entire you know the the uh, government contract itself the benefit the person that's going to benefit is whoever actually gets this contract to get a whole bunch of face masks whether or not the face masks actually work or not but it doesn't matter because then you can actually say hey this is evidence we're actually trying to make you know fix this whole problem going through you know, we root off, we bought a whole bunch of face masks for people, blah, 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 right? You know, how the whole, the way the whole thing works off. Right. So in Biden's speech, another thing that I'm hearing that was important is that Biden is out here promoting unity and he wants to unify the country. Finally, we have a president that's not just trying to divide. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify, who doesn't see red states and blue states only sees the United States. And then I'll go ahead and play President Trump saying pretty much the exact same thing. However, nobody is calling him out for unifying anything. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. We have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people so there's trump and saying pretty much the same thing however it's the inside one ear out the other ear all i heard was blah 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 me 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 my base my base my base however they're both trying to say they want to unify the country i i don't understand like how how one goes about doing it better than the other one i think that biden would do it better than the, than trump would because Biden has the support of uh, of news news companies. What we've what we've basically learned over the last hundred years is that if they if you have a nice collusion going between uh, government and the press, then the press can spin everything in your direction. As ridiculous as it sounds, they can push whatever. They can make say this person is fantastic. Just be, you know completely disregard other stories that come through. In, you know, and, and it'll just, it'll be a lot more beneficial for whoever's actually in the government. Trump was in a position where he was like, had, he had like a trolling war going against the press for the last four years. 
So having the press against, you know, in support of Biden, you'll see a marked difference. And people will actually, you know, people believe whatever they, what they see all the time. So they'll immediately, you know, if, unless of course they're conflicts with their confirmation bias, then they'll push off to, you know, if they're all pro MAGA Trump guys, every time any, any positive thing that comes off regarding, uh, regarding Biden, they'll immediately dismiss. And then the same, same way that goes through is that if you're pro Biden and you, all you get is happy stories and stuff like that, then you're like, yeah, he's doing a great job, but it really comes down to is the power of the press. So if you have an independent press, it's a, it's a stark contrast between state-owned press, right. which it isn't state-owned, but it's having people that own companies that actually have news agencies that are able to push positive stuff to you. That's the difference than having it where everybody's going to be ant- against you regardless, and it doesn't matter whatever actual effect you have. Well, I saw Stephen Colbert doing a dance with other people, and I see people on CNN kind of, it was a joke on Saturday Night Live that the CNN Wolf Blitzer, it's not Wolf Blitzer's dancing, but you get Stephen Colbert, who's all excited and pumped and it's like, we did it, he's out. But it's like Stephen Colbert, if you match up your ratings against Jimmy Fallon, Fallon doesn't run a complete monologue on Trump or politics. Fallon has more of a sillier, he, he'll do impressions of different people and just kind of have, a, have fun with it. Whereas Colbert, you kind of made your entire monologue in and Seth Meyers is the same way, a lot more political, a lot more Trump-driven, and it's kept your ratings afloat. Without that Trump-driven, what an idiot our president is, we got to watch the next video to see who can make fun of him best. Where does he go? I guess Mitch McConnell, but who really gives a shit about Mitch McConnell? Yeah, who cares about Turtlehead? But am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Uh, when it comes turtle. down to... Yeah, his, his head looks like a turtle. Anyways, when it comes down to what these guys, you know, the ones who benefit the most by having somebody in opposition in, in the White House are people, you know, if like if a Democrat's in the White House, the numbers were soaring for like Republican, you know, positive messaging that came through in the news media. Whereas the Democrats, uh, when when Trump was, in, was president or even when George W. Bush was president, those that were anti-president, people were just jumping all over. They're all excited, pumping up, you know, getting through the whole bit. What I really hope Biden is like comedy gold. Trump is also comedy gold. You can make fun of him all the time because he'll just say stupid stuff all the time. His trunk, his tweets, the way his mannerisms, everything like that. His gaffes all the time is just awesome. You just keep playing him all the time. Biden, same exact way. Whether it's going to be, you know, telling the uh, the handicapped person to stand up. Oh, wait. Uh, then you realize the guy actually is in a wheelchair and he's like, oh, no, no, bless your heart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh, good job there, Joe. Um Way to go, Joe Sixpack. Uh, next time, possibly, you know, try to be a little bit less uh, Biden-y. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Clap for that, you <laughs> And then, of course, there's always the, his little comments regarding uh, you can't go into a 7-Eleven or convenience store without a slight Indian accent. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Hmm, that's pretty, uh, it's pretty racist. Thank you, come but again. You know what? Yeah, isn't like, okay, Abu, um, you know, what are you, are you only going around Springfield and uh, Simpson, Simpsons? So it's like, okay, that's really odd. You know, but then again, Biden just talks and talks and talks. The, the big question is, how long until Biden gets busted smelling somebody's hair? Mm, well, 
He's been able to social distance pretty well. How are you doing? You know, does Biden push COVID by smelling people's hair? And is mm. there a tie between Biden smelling people's hair and then people not getting COVID? Because, you know, versus, you know, if, if Biden isn't out there smelling people's hair, maybe that, you know, maybe that's the best cure is Biden smelling your hair. That will prevent you from getting COVID. He has benefited from COVID because he doesn't have to go around taking pictures and turning back into the creepy Joe. Because he yeah. gets a bit he gets a bit handsy and he likes to smell people's hair and he likes to grab people's heads or shoulders or yeah. He really likes rubbing elbows with the with the population because he's six pack Joe. He really likes you to know, put himself out there. Joe. But more, you know, of course, four years of Joe being in the spotlight the entire time. There's going to be a lot of gaffes, and the ones who probably are going to benefit the most from that is whoever's actually able to make fun of them the best. I will say this about Joe's acceptance speech, and this is one difference from Trump and something that you probably won't hear a lot of people talk about for reasons of their own. But I heard Trump, I heard uh, Joe Biden in his acceptance speech talk about God and made some Bible references and even dropped a Catholic hymn on eagle's wings on people. But mm -hmm. the, the first Bible reference he mentioned was Ecclesiastes 3, and he paraphrased a lot of it. The Bible tells us to everything there is a season, a time to build, a time to reap, and a time to sow, and a time to heal. This is the time to heal in America. And then later on, he closed with, May God bless America, and may God protect our church. And then his last thing was, God bless America. I, I had to take a look at the transcripts of Trump on his acceptance speech, and I was like, he's got to mention God at least once. He's got the Christian yeah. vote. If you pulled all the Christians in the country, I would think that they would, not heavy, not like uh, California heavy, on Trump, but I'd say he's got more than 51% of the Christian vote in America. And yet in his acceptance speech, no mention at all of God, no God bless America, no God bless anything. Yeah, and that's may, cool. May God protect the troops. Trump only uses God angle. That's my take. Trump only uses the God angle when it's time for him to prop something up. He uses it as a prop is one thing I've said. Yeah, it's usually platitudes. It's usually just like, okay, random quote regarding the bible jump from there you know whatever whatever he gets out of gettings at that at that time there there's a big if there is also a big difference between biden's been in office for like you know for 47 years he's been in for a very long time he's been doing this for a long time and he's so he's going to you know lean back on what he's learned over the time which is every now and then you make sure you actually drop a uh, christian christian bible reference you know make sure the other big thing is make sure that the reference is correct do not misquote <laughs> the bible because then you'll end up looking as fake as trump does but that then comes down to is like hey do you just want to hear you know you want do you want to just hear platitudes or do you want to see what effect it's Trump is horrible at communicating anything, you know, so him dropping down Bible references, people roll their eyes and like, all right, whatever. But then again, you get stuff like him moving the, you know, moving the, the embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to, to Jerusalem. And then you're like, oh, that's different, you know, because there's, everybody's always mentions it, but it's like, the, you know, the moving that is going gonna, is gonna to be a difference. But a lot what's, of the, the, what's the significance of that? Well, the significance of that and the reason why it's never done, the reason why they always used to associate the capital of Israel as being Tel Aviv, under the old, under the first borders that they set up when, when the United Nations actually created the, uh, the nation of Israel, the, they didn't have Jerusalem. Jerusalem was off in the south. Originally, they were trying to do, you know, the initial idea was making a two-state solution where it's going to be, you know, the Palestinian state 
Army and the Israeli state and the Isra the pal the uh, the area that was you know, that was not off in the forty seven borders included Jerusalem. So when during this during the war that happened like right after the founding of Israel when all all the different Middle East countries attacked Israel Israel expanded their borders to actually include Jerusalem because they associate Jerusalem has a lot of it has a lot of uh, significance within Judaism as long as you know, as well as Christianity and Islam and everything else they then because they got they had Jerusalem they then say okay this is gonna be our capital kind of issue leaning back to David but then the other problem that happens off of this is that what exactly um, those the Muslims then are saying like wait a minute now it's going to be dominated by non-Muslims so therefore they they you know they ran parallel to that like no Jerusalem is not your capital it can't be your capital and other countries around there became kind of concerned is like all right we're not going to recognize Jerusalem we'll send embassy you know send or have our embassy set up in Tel Aviv we'll talk you know to be able to placate the J Jews within our country we're going to say yes we're going to move it to Jerusalem Jerusalem's the you know it's the uh, capital of Judaism but then of course nobody ever does anything as odd as it is why Trump decided he was going to see because he said okay say the same thing that everybody else does is like all right we're going to move the, the capital of Jerusalem Tel Aviv is important because the uh Tel Aviv's originally the ca the capital for the 47 borders and then after the they ended up gaining a lot of territory when the uh, all the different countries in the Middle East, whether it's Egypt, Syria, Jordan, all of them, once they started actually, once they were attacking uh, Israel, they ended up pushing back and gaining more ground. So they ended up having what they call the West Bank, which was the West Bank of Jordan. They took from Jordan, they took um, took the Golan Heights in Syria, and they had all of Syria or all of Sinai in Egypt. Had they ended up gaining Jerusalem, and so because Jerusalem was the capital of ancient Israel, they then associated Jerusalem as being the capital of the current state of Israel. The all the Muslim countries in the region oppose that concept. They associate Jerusalem as there as being um, as being the third holiest site in Islam, and so uh, the Palestinians. They then associated that as being, you, should, you know, that Jerusalem should not be, you know, shouldn't be part of Israel or, or the capital of Israel or anything like that. So because of the divest Israel um, lobby that was pushed off around the world, all, all other countries were kind of not interested and recognize, they didn't want to recognize uh, Jerusalem for Israel because they didn't want to upset all the different Muslim countries. But then within the last four years, we started to see a lot more um, Muslim countries, whether it's Egypt. They'd already done this before, but like Saudi Arabia began having a push, you know, is, is looking towards pushing towards recognizing Israel as a, as a nation, promoting within uh, the Sunni populations as a recognizing Israel's right to exist concept. So this is a, this is kind of a big deal. And that's the whole reason why Jerusalem, you know, having an embassy in Jerusalem was it was a big move. So Israel wants their capital to be Jerusalem. Right. They and want the Middle East does not. Or uh, I say I should say the Arab countries do not. They were they were unhappy with the concept of having Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. What's the top two Muslim the top two Muslim holiest cities? Mecca and Medina. Ooh, right. Medina. I thought that was in Colombia. No, it's uh, you're thinking Medellin, but no, Medina. <laughs> um, Medina. Oh Medina yeah. Was where, was where Muhammad went to actually. Yeah gathers forces and they retook Mecca. Mecca is important because it has um, the, uh, it's where they have the Hajj, where they, you know, where they come in to make a pilgrimage off to the Hajj. And so Mecca is important, you know, has that importance to begin with. So they've, so that's, that's the rationale for that. When, um, it, okay. So the last, the last thing I wrote down in my notes about the acceptance speech is when Biden 
went into, he asked the question, what is our mandate? What is our mandate? I believe it's this. Americans have called upon us to marshal the forces of decency, the forces of fairness, to marshal the forces of science, and the forces of hope. What is marshaling the forces of decency and the forces of fairness, to marshal the forces of science and the forces of hope in the great battles of our time? So we have great battles in our time for science, hope, because we need our hope, and then we must marshal decency. I'm a, I am thinking that we are going right into Demolition Man 2032. I mean, Joe Biden is not going to lead us there, but we got 12 years until we can just start marshaling people's decency. God, am I always going back to Demolition Man? I, I have to. In Demolition Man, they excused away from people touching each other. We see Rob Schneider having to do a high five where they stop about a foot away, and then they go around in a circle. That was their high fives. And they marshaled Sylvester Stallone's speech when he would say whatever he wanted to say. So he wanted this beep. We're not yeah, there's a censorship whenever they use bad words or any kind of phrase that was out. Words. Like, uh, Marlboro, sir? A cigarette? Any cigarettes? Oh, we don't smoke cigarettes anymore. They're deemed bad for me, therefore illegal. Yeah, um, I'm just hoping that somebody actually comes up with the three seashells during the 2021 toilet paper crisis. And so yes. that, will, that will actually lead to full-on three seashell. And we get one step closer to the demolition, man, once we have the three seashells. That is a great Next battle. What's going to happen is, uh, you know, they're going to try to get rid of all the, you know, no more cattle uh, for having beef or anything like that. So then you got to start switching off the sewer rat, I guess, for your tacos. I don't know. What would they do with all the cows if they were no longer processing, you know, they no longer had used them for livestock or whatever. But I guess uh, the zoo? We'll, have a, we'll keep a couple alive and throw them in zoos around the country. Hey, this is what yeah. we used to eat. Yeah, so those are some of the things. When they talk about marshalling decency and they talk about anything when they mentioned about who actually determines what is decent and what is indecent. So if you're going to marshal decency, you're the one that's in charge of speech that actually determine what is decent, decent uh, speech and what's not decent speech. Uh, the concept of science is, again, if it were, you know, there is the First Amendment also often talks of, you know, we incorporate this, the freedom of religion and no, you know, the establishment clause for the, for the First Amendment was that the United States would not create, you know, would not have an established religion. They would not actually have a, uh, you know, saying that this is now the Church of the United States and this is what's going to be pushed off for everybody kind of concept. Having that along with freedom of the press is the concept that the United States doesn't dictate what is speech. They don't dictate what, you know, they don't dictate what, you know, what religion is. They don't dictate what the speech, what speech is. Really what it comes down to is the First Amendment is a freedom of ideology. The uh, United States federal government is not supposed to promote ideology within the population. The whole, you know, so it doesn't matter if you're an atheist or if you're, if you're a Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or whatever, you know, the federal government can't, can't dictate this is what the ideology is. By having the science, having science associated with with the government and the government saying, oh yes, we have these scientists. This, it's, that's the fallacy of the appeal to authority as in these are our scientists. So therefore, because they're agreeing with us, we're now stating that this is that, this is, you know, this is all settled science. When in all reality, there is no such thing as settled science because it's always consistently, it's all based upon what are the current facts? What exactly, you know, is all these things have to be pushed towards peer review 
And then that's how they make determination as in what they're believing at that time, as in this is what we, you know, unless it actually comes off is, is every time you actually, ha you know, are able to conduct an experiment, it always has the same effect. So therefore that become, you know, like thermodynamics is considered a law. But when they talk about theories, the theories are not, you know, are not capable, are not established as law because these things are, you know, there's not enough information to make a determination. But what we do know is that's why, why they're pointing it off in this direction. So like there are people who say, oh, you're a science denier if you're opposed to the theory of evolution. The, the concept of natural selection actually is strong. The people actually see that, they're able to do tests, they're able to actually say that, you know, that's practically a law to begin with when, it, when it, the ideas of natural selection and what, you know, how subsequent generations end up passing down certain uh, genes that work for the climate and that environment at that time. The idea that people have regarding evolution though, and what, where a lot of the opposition comes in is the concept of abiogenesis of something being created from nothing based upon, you know, gelatinous sloop or whatever is is that's that's the, where a lot of the issues regarding evolution come down is whether or not there is a creationism concept where god come came in and created it to begin with or if it comes off as it just happened naturally and if it didn't just happen naturally it was created somewhere else where you know it must have actually happened in whatever other place to actually create the the uh the system for life itself so but those those are some of the pits so when he's talking about science when he's talking about this it's all about this is the stuff that we believe, this is the stuff that we're gonna control, and this is the stuff that we're able to, ha we have the, uh, the press on our side, so therefore we can promote this, and you guys will just have to accept this, because that's how we're gonna marshal in decency, that's how we're gonna say science, you know, of course people are gonna pull off this whole, we believe in, in uh, facts over truth, or we believe in truth over facts, I think was one of Biden's statements that he made before, right? And you're like, what? Truth over facts? Yeah, okay, right. good job there, Joe. When we go into the new modern era, the jobs, there's not going to be the same kind of jobs. It's going to be new jobs. We have to create some type of new job because all the old jobs are not going to be quite the same. There's a lot of people that are out of work. There's going to be new jobs created, and there's going to be adjustments to the jobs that they did have. And so if a company had, say, 100 employees, it's possible they bring back 80 of them you know, uh, some factory or some department store. They're realizing now they can probably make do with 80 of them. But they were like, hey, let's go back to 80%. And then we can social distance. We could spread people out. So we're not going to jam in our factories. Mm -hmm. The It depends. A lot of it is, well, if they're going to do social distancing and social distancing is never going to stop, that this is going to be continued off forever, that we're never going to, you know, you're never going to get around that. And everybody's got, you know, then, What's going to happen with this is, you know, that would that would create a system where there's going to be a lot of people then that are, you know, are going to have to start getting spread out. So instead of it being where we have tight cities and where all the population lives, the other aspect that comes off is that, well, you're going to start having people is like, if we're going to, if everything is online, if I do, you know, if I have remote, what is it? Any, any chance the Del Mar Fair returns, good, or at least returns to the way it was, because that place was packed to the max. Tons of people flooding into that place. The Del Mar Fair, the numbers they did were incredible. Is there a chance Del Mar Fair returns again? And if it does, will it ever return to what it was? Um, I don't know. If, if it really comes, you know, if, if, this, if social distancing is a new concept that actually sticks around, that they don't ever, they don't ever get rid of and they say no more crowds. 
that might be a way to de-urbanize the population. And then therefore you're not going to, you know, maybe they'll have it, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. When we're looking at for the future, I think what, it, what the ones that will, you know, big cities are going to be the ones that are going to change. If you have to bring in the whole social distancing concept, and then if it's going to be a lot of remote working, and if it involves a lot of um, a lot of telework, or if they actually bring about the income, which is you don't work but you live off in an area that's to be a lot less expensive, and then you, the government will just give you money every every you know every month or so. If they do the income concept, if people start, don't have to work because then they start retracting back, for one, the economy is not going to really push. But that'll also, you know, that'll have a bigger effect on everything else. People that live in New York, if you can actually do the same job that you had when you're in New York, but you, instead you live off in Montana or in the Dakotas, then why exactly, why would you live in New York? Why wouldn't you just have, you know, the reason why some people, some people, they just love New York City. Other people are like, this is getting to be too expensive. I'd rather just live off on a farm somewhere if I can have the same job that I have getting paid the same amount that I get paid off in New York, then why would I not, why would I want to stick around New York? Why wouldn't I just remotely do this and off in the, off in the rural area? But that's, that's what may be the new thing is that when they're looking at the, you know, looking at the population maps, you're like big cities, big cities, big cities, big blue state, you know, blue passing through, you know, in major, major um, cities. But then if, you know, and then it, once you get the rural areas, all of a sudden start spreading out. So you're welcome. Say, you're welcome, Arizona. All the Democrats yeah. that couldn't make it in California due to all of our Democratic leadership, they moved out to Arizona. Yeah, you're you're next, Utah. The but the issue that comes off of that is like people get upset because they're like, man, California is too expensive, and we got so many stupid laws all over, and everything's really restrictive, and therefore I'm moving. I'm going to move to Arizona, and then you get to Air, Tucson or you get to Phoenix, and you're like. What the hell, man? Why is it that we are, you know, why aren't you guys taking care of this kind of stuff? Why can't you be more like California that we left because we're so upset with how high the taxes are and how, you know, and all the all the restrictions that were placed upon you. And then they don't, but then of course they don't, you know, people wouldn't see that as like, uh, well, maybe it's because I didn't want to move. I love being in San Francisco, but my job moved to Texas in Austin. So I had to move to Austin because my job moved there. And therefore, and the reason why they moved is because California laws were too restrictive and they cost too much to actually have the, have my job in that in San Francisco. And they're like, so why is it now, why can't Austin be more like San Francisco? Yeah, and like, you're welcome, yeah. Texas. Yeah, we're welcome, Texas. You're going to get our, you know, get the guys that basically leave it for, for, you know, because it's too restrictive in California and it costs too much to do business in California. But now we're going to go to Texas and then we're going to insist that you change Texas to be just like California. And then once it becomes too expensive, we'll bounce off to uh, Missouri, to Wyoming. You're next, or Missouri. Missouri. Or we're gonna, yeah, then we'll go to Missouri. We got, we got you in our sights. And we'll just basically make the state governments too expensive for every business. And that's how we're going to basically, you know, start pushing off more business to other other states. That's a that's a really crappy game plan. But you know what? If that's if that's what you want, you know, good times for that. But I also think looking forward is the are there going to be riots anyways even if trump isn't president are the riots going to come back is the blm movement still going to push and if they do uh, well i'll i'll tell you we'll, we'll get back into it later on but i think that there's going to be a new constitution in the next couple decades pretty soon people are going to find their old constitution to be too outdated and it's going to be yeah. uh 
a revolution that is not going to entail shooting or taking over of the government forces. Because it's not like our population can take over the military. If the military yeah. is, is going to descend upon the people, then it's going to. Enforce, you know, enforce rule upon the population, which is always going to be, you know, anti-against anti the Constitution anyways. But, Whereas, but at that point, it will have to be the drones. Because we'll, we'll get to a point in which there'll be a lot more drones because, you know, there's that whole human element of people thinking like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Running Man, where he's like, mm -hmm. those people down there, I don't know, the city has uh, people. And they're like, screw yeah. it, do it, fire. No, I will not fire. And then later on, they, they play it to get the people all riled up that this is a bad guy. Is I don't care about those people down there. Shoot them. You know, yeah, the old doctor video. Yeah. The old doctor video. Running Man's another one that I like. I like I like the Running Man for mm -hmm. for those futuristic movies. Yeah. Running Man's great. People always quote Terminator whenever they're talking about rope, you know, utilizing robots for anything. Yes. Um, Spy that. All right. Yep. Sorry about fantasy football. Dak Prescott. Having a great having a great run. Yeah. Too early. Yeah, and then I get Stafford and takes it to dump for my first week. I am a Mason walking, lobbyist talking. Stay by camera, just president checking. Govern life like a parliament. Trick is my rule. Elections are congressmen, the colors are true. Rep blue, rep a dim. It just don't matter. Second tax all your life from a pin eat splatter. Colors. The rest of DC will never die. Just multiply colors. 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 And they were called and he called them super predators. And he said that. He said it's super predators. This is a guy who said the problem with the crime is not enough people in jail. There's not enough people in jail. Well, well, well. What do we got here? Demolition man. All my notes are for Demolition Man right now. Demolition Man is what we're going to have to hit back up. Survey says. <laughs> 